All right, we are back. What's up, Berg? What's going on, Moisky? Talking Hoops is back with y'all favorites, Moisky and Berg. How's it going, everybody? Uh, we are back, of course, with Talking Hoops. I am Eric Moisky, joined as always by Mr. Dante Berg. How's it going, Berg? Man, I'm all right, brother. How about yourself, man? I'm pretty nice good. Pretty you, good. Man. Hell yeah. Nice seeing you. Let's talk some hoops. All right, let's get right into it. Um, Probably the biggest news, most recent news right now is uh, Carmelo Anthony finally has an NBA mm-hmm. team. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Portland Trailblazers are taking a shot on Mr. Melo, um, signing him to a non-guaranteed deal. Mm-hmm. So they could basically cut Do you know bait. the money amount? Is there a money amount? It's probably, just it's probably like a minimum like the minimum, it's a non-guaranteed. I'm what's the sure. minimum? Is it is it still? Did he get the vet minimum for five, or did he? And it's non-guaranteed, or is it? Yeah, I'm not sure about all that. I'm we'll not figure a, it out. I'm not an NBA cap specialist. We'll figure it out. Um, but what do you think this is going to turn out to be? Uh, in regards to Mello in Portland, what's his role going to be? Uh, and well, they they've they're off to a little bit of a rough start. Mm-hmm. Five, uh, five and, eight. and eight currently sit eleventh in the West. You know, but we only um, like what you know, ten to fifteen games month, in month for, into for the each season, team. not even. You know, thirty um, games in is once you really start seeing like how teams really are. You know, I yeah. feel like thirty games is enough to kind of like figure out like what what roles for what players. You know, what I'm saying this type of style of Anthony play. Anthony Simons has looked for really, Portland, yeah, definitely really, really nice, nice for Portland. Really um, nice. Yeah, I think this could be. Um, you said so you said after about thirty games is when you should. For really me, look like at in my opinion, you major, know, said thirty major games major in major changes. Uh, this could be a little spark plug though. I think five and eight is definitely for a team oh, that went to the Western Conference Finals. I think that's a disappointing start. Um, but I think Mello, if he can come in, you say his numbers. I uh, looked up over the past over the past two seasons, he's mm-hmm. played a total of eighty eight games. Uh, 78 with Oklahoma City, 10 with Houston. In that, he averaged uh, 16 points, 6 rebounds, 1 assist on 40% shooting and 35% uh, 3-point shooting. I mean, just hearing that, you know, 35% for 3, you know, so for Portland, he's definitely going to be That's steady what as far as the shooting. You know, you, you want to be sure that he's going to be engaged, know his whatever his role is going to be for Portland, he's going to have to play that to the T. You know, number one, I feel like this is Melo's probably last shot in the league, you know, so I, I hope it goes well. Now, you know, for me, like when I was thinking about Melo and what teams, Portland wasn't really on my radar. No, it wasn't really. I was thinking the Lakers were the most likely destination. Just, Lakers, Brooklyn, and that was only it for me. Even, like, even I didn't, like a return to Denver seemed like kind of more likely than Portland. I, I thought about that, but I don't think Melo, you know, even though he had, you know, his beginning prime years in Denver – Obviously drafted there as well, too. You know, a, a phenom type player he was when he came in. Um, I don't think he's that fond of Denver. No, but even that, it was just, it would have seemed like more of a realistic story type of deal than yeah, Portland you know. now. He's or even going back right. to, I feel like any of the New York teams, if you went right. back to the Knicks, Knicks when they gave him not a guarantee, you know, right. see how they plan. And Brooklyn, you know, they obviously look like they need a little push as well, too. Yeah, that seemed a little more, a little more. But I, Dave, I told, Dave was one of those guys campaigning for Melo to get a team, too, pretty hard. And you got to think, you know, in the past, you know, two, three summers, you know, those C. Brickley runs, you know, Carmelo and, and C.J. McCullough getting a lot of burn together, you know, up and down, you know, working out together and stuff like that. So I think there's already some type of chemistry already built. And I think for some reason, you know, even though he played with James Harden and Chris Paul, you know, and uh, uh, Russ and Paul George, I feel like with Dame and C.J., he'll kind of get that more big brother respect. Yeah, and, and sort of in nature, you know what I'm saying? Not saying they'll downfall to him or, you know, that games go fall back. 
to Melo, but I just feel like it's just going to be a different atmosphere with Melo being in Portland. Yeah, I hope we see like that humbled Melo that we supposedly, that's all the reports are that he's he's humbled, he's willing to play his role, and he's you know he wants to be, he just wants to play basketball. And I think if we see that, it could be a really good good thing for Portland because they don't, they one of the things that even when they still had like LaMarcus Aldridge and mm-hmm. stuff like that, they didn't have any depth. Mm-mm. They they it was their starters and they went to their bench and it was nothing. I think if Melo can be, you know, so, sort of like Team USA Melo, that's what we've been saying for years. If we can get Team USA Melo in the NBA, that can be a really solid thing for an NBA team, and we haven't seen it yet. And I, I'm hoping this is because you said this is his last chance. Yeah, I believe this is his last chance for sure. So I believe whatever kind of road Terry Stotts, you know, defines for him. Number one, like I said, I don't think that he should be a starter, even right now, even with all the injuries that they got going on, because I think uh, Zach Collins is down. Um, um, Rodney, I, be, I believe Rodney Hood is down as well, too. Do you have their injuries uh, pulled up? Sure. Check out their injuries real quick. Pull up their roster real quick as well, too. Yeah. We can kind of configure a little lineup if everybody was healthy as well, too. All right. Uh, give me one second here. ESPN. You know, you brought up Simons. They got Kim Bazemore. Yeah. They got a lot of they got a lot of death in the wing. You know right. what I'm saying? It's Kim Bazemore, Rodney Hood, and Zonia. All right. Let's see. Yeah, I'm not sure. It doesn't have current injuries on what I'm looking at. But look at their roster in general. We'll just go by that. So they've got, let's see. But yeah, Bazemore. Mm-hmm. Rodney on Hood, the wing. they got Scalabissier, they got Naz Little. Okay, um, out of North Carolina. Yep, Anthony Simmons, Gary Trent. That's really all. They don't have a lot of wing depth, and especially they've got, I mean, yeah, Hizonia, uh, Zach Collins, Paul Gasol, uh, Anthony Tolliver. Damn, I forgot they had Paul Gasol. He's been injured for about two seasons. Right, though. exactly. They don't have a lot of wing wing depth right now especially mm-hmm. wing and front court depth in general and that's i think that's going to be Melo's role more of he's more of a stretch four off the bench right now with you know just i think especially with the def the defense is the biggest mm-hmm. thing he's not you know you don't want to see, even see him out there on i don't know, even some secondary you know wing players mm-hmm. you know guys that play the three um and that's the thing. I think that's an advantage for him. I think he's a lot more skilled than a lot of guys mm-hmm. down on the post, and that's where his strength Definitely. is at. And he can he can pass out of the post. That's if he wants to, right? That's and that's the thing he needs to do. If if Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum are out there, you should pass. Right? On the, has Definitely. he had better shooters than that? Has he ever played with better shooters? I don't think so. Saying. I don't think he's ever had really had no, better shooters on his team than that to kick out to. Maybe so, maybe on New York when you had like Steve Novak, J.R. Smith. Who else is on the wing shooting the ball for New York? I mean, during those couple of good seasons that they had. Right. I mean, Jeremy Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> Lynn Sanity for sure. Right. Uh, but I do want to give Melo a shout out just because, you know what I'm saying? I like that throughout this process. He was patient. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I figured he could have he did anything. He could have went overseas, he could have yeah. quit. You right. know, he could have just kept, you know, he, he downplaying got, the NBA, things of those natures. Right. He stayed solid. He kept working out. He waited for his kept opportunity. Kept saying he was ready for his opportunity. Spoke on his behalf, too, when he, you know, got on first take and sat, sat down with Stephen A. as well, too. So I do want to give Melo a shout-out just for being patient. That's what's up. Yeah. And I'm glad he's back in the league, man. I hope, you know, I hope that he can define his role in Portland and he can, you know, remain in the league, man, until he wants to retire. I still wish the Pistons would have taken him instead of Darko. 
I wish the pictures would have took a couple people more in the dark hole, but we no, we'll we just want, leave that We won't open all We'll get into that, because <laughs> we'll spend the whole podcast right. debating Pistons failed draft picks, but right. we ain't going to do that. We're we ain't going to do, do that. that. That's a whole nother. Well, maybe we'll do that one day and just get all of our frustrations out one day. Yeah, hope somebody to, hears or something. Right, right. Not today. Uh, another guy, Paul George, finally made his uh, Clippers debut. His debut debut had 33 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists. And, Going uh, crazy. Yeah, 132-127, away loss to New Orleans. Uh, that was on Thursday. One one lost one. One one lost one. Right, and then uh, his home debut had thirty seven points, four rebounds. They dropped one fifty. Yeah, three assists against the Hawks, and the Hawks steals. been a hot team. They've been in the right. high scoring, you know, and it, they shut Trey Young down last night for sure. Um, are the Clippers? What do you what do you think of them? Are they that? Uh, is it kind of one A and one B with the Lakers? Them and the Lakers are are they like in the a, West or yeah. just overall? I mean, I, yeah, I, I, let's I go mean, for the me, last. well, for me, I think the Clippers will win it all. You, you know, ever since, ever all? since they, you know, they they got everything done with getting Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. I didn't care what else was going on. You know, I already just just looking at them defensively of what they can do, and you know, Paul George he's been averaging thirty five since he came back, and you know, Kawhi's not playing. A couple other people ain't been playing. Uh, yeah, Pat I'll, ask Bev, you, I'll ask you more about that later. Things of that nature, you know what I'm saying? So I just think everything just go come together so perfectly. You know, you got, you got, in your opinion, Moisky, I'm going to ask you this, in your opinion, what's the best type of player in the league? Type of player. A, a, a two-way, a guy that can two -way player give with you size. something on offense and give you something on Two-way player on side. Two-way two -way player with size. Efficient above anything. Efficient above anything for sure. The Lakers, I mean, the Clippers got like four or five of those guys. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Including Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. You know what I'm saying? Right. Kawhi Leonard being compared to Jordan. You know, arguably, you know, the best player behind Brian or in front of Brian, whatever you want to do, however you want to argue it. You know, and Paul George, him being a top 15, top 20 player. You know, just right. overall, I think, you know, maybe we can even, you know, talk top 10, top 15. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Like, I just think they got, they got it all, man. Defense, offense. They can match up with any team in the league with different lineups. They can go small. They can go big, you know. So I, I, I think they go take it all, man. Yeah, I, I don't know if I necessarily agree they'll take it all, and we'll I'll I'll put this stamp on that they'll take it all yet. Um, they'll definitely be there right at the end. I already told you that I uh. I, I changed my prediction. I was I was thinking it was going to be yeah, Clippers. Yeah, you was yeah. I was pushing in Clippers Jazz. You was talking not, about the Jazz, man. Right, but I I, I like the bench. The the Lakers now. I think you all the things you said about the Clippers. I think you could say about the Lakers and then some. Just with guys that you said two way players, efficient, can just make plays and. You know, yes. Uh, uh, other than the Clippers have two top ten players, arguably, the Lakers they have two top five players, pretty uh, arguably. Other than you know LeBron and Anthony Davis, you know, give me another two way player that can make a difference for their team. Avery Bradley. I don't. I don't believe in Avery Bradley. Not. I mean, when you have again, when you have Anthony Davis and. LeBron James, I think Kyle Kuzma is going to continue to improve and come back. That's that's the biggest. That's the X factor to me. Because for me, Kyle I, don't, Kuzma. I can't see nobody on the Lakers stopping Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. I mean, we can that's argue true. vice versa between you know Anthony Davis right. and LeBron James, 
But at the same time, you got a couple things winning against the Lakers. That shoulder for Anthony Davis. I don't know if you realize that. He got a nagging shoulder. He keeps saying he going to yeah. play through it. Even though LeBron is amazing, best player in the world, he's 36. Yeah. That's, he's 36. And that's the biggest thing is can LeBron stay healthy? I think LeBron can stay healthy. I think based on everything yeah, we've I mean, seen, take he your, can stay healthy. He's one of the best can athletes Anthony when it Davis, comes to in your body. Is can Anthony Davis stay healthy? And because I think Anthony Davis is playing like an MVP right now, and if LeBron James can be your second best player, I don't, I don't know if you're gonna, are you gonna lose to anybody if LeBron James is gonna be your second best player? That's hard, man. I mean, I'm, I'm just, a, I'm just. A I'm love excited with... to see it. I hope that, I hope we get to see them in a seven game series. Too, man. I, mean, I come hope on, that... I, the Western Conference Finals in LA. Right. You know what I'm saying? Just right. in LA. Just think of like just how big that is, man, for just the NBA in general. Oh, definitely. Um, one thing you did mention about uh Paul George's first two games in a Clippers uniform, Kawhi Leonard sat out both of those games, uh, what it due to injury management, load management, whatever you want to call it. Um, I just want I'll ask you, do you think that the NBA with all this load management, Kawhi sort of you know, bro, guys, you know, always, you know, sort of towards the end of the season in meaningless games, you'd see him sort of sit, uh, especially with the Spurs and stuff like that, Popovich mm-hmm. kind of, but then Kawhi has sort of taken it to a whole nother level where, no, I'm going to, eight games into the season, I'm going to start doing load management. Yeah. Um, do you think that's a problem or do you think it's just, who cares? I mean, you'd rather see the guys continue their I'm career. neutral. I mean, because think about it like this. I mean, it's a it's a good and is is a plus and a negative to it, you know. In my opinion, you know, I want to bring up a player like John Stockton, playing twenty years in the league, playing all eighty two like every game except one season. You know what I'm saying? So they they say it's a way for it players can be to done. it can be done. You know, it was done in the nineties when the game was a bit more rigorous as far as hand contact and you know just play. He played in the in the late eighties and nineties. I think probably it's early eighties as well ru- too. A rougher league than you could say a lot. nowadays. He played a lot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He had the ball in his hand a lot as well too with him being a point guard. You know what I'm saying? So I think they just start doing that just because you know certain players was getting injured. You know at the wrong times, things right. of those natures. You know I don't think it has anything to do with. Benefit, I don't know. You know, I, I just want to bring up the fact that John Stockton, he played 82 games for 20 seasons except one season. Definitely. You um, know, that, you know, I don't think it's really a big deal. You know, players want to sit, they want to sit. But my thing is, Kawhi Leonard is making how much? Uh, Over $30 million, Over $30 million. How much is it a ticket to go to the game in L.A.? I have no idea. It's probably very expensive. Very expensive. So if I'm somebody living in L.A., and I'm going to the game, and exactly. I don't care if they're playing the Cavaliers. I know they go in. I want to take my kid. If I have kids, I want to take my kids to a game that I go. See, you know what I'm saying? That the Clippers go well, in. I don't. I don't even think it's the um, the home fans because you, uh, as a Clippers fan, you theoretically get 41 chances to get to see Kawhi Leonard a year. I think if what a lot of people are talking about is us as Pistons fans, we only get to see. The Clippers one time a year, mm-hmm. uh, or the Lakers now. Uh, so that's LeBron one time a year. If that's on the second half of or the first half of back to back, one of those guys probably isn't playing. Especially yeah. if it's a meaningful, you know, the next game is against Boston or something. You mm-hmm. know, a meaningful game. Um, we're probably gonna get sat. Uh, I think that is a problem when the NBA people talk about it all the time. Is a st- 
star-driven league. You mm-hmm. want to see the stars. You want to see the stars play. Right. Um, and you got the stars low management just to, you know what I'm saying, eat popcorn on the sidelines for right. no reason. I think there is something to be said about if you're go- if you're in Charlotte and you're going to see a Charlotte Hornets game, if you're going to see a Charlotte Hornets game to see LeBron James, I, I question your basketball, you know, how much of a diehard basketball fan you are, really? Because mm-hmm. it's like, okay, you're, you're, why aren't you going to see your Charlotte Hornets play? I know they kind of suck now, but yeah, it's like you know, it. There's a point where it's okay. There is a little responsibility on the fan there to okay, if you want, uh, if forget, you want to guarantee to go see LeBron James. My PMAs cats out here, they they make it 30, 30 plus per year. Okay. You know, yeah. you, you, you know, definitely you pay to play. You know what I'm saying? It's team doctors. So you think something needs do you think something needs strategies. to be done so guys play eighty two? I'm not saying they have to if if you're injured, you're injured. If you're well, hurt, you're hurt. That's right. I'm not saying that. If like you know, if a guy's you know, has a torn ACL and he's coming back from a torn ACL, I think he should come that's back. Different. He's that's different. I'm talking about um, you just played ten games in a row. And your legs tired, so you want to sit right. down this game. No, fight through it. Players right. fought through it before in a more rigorous style game. This style, mm-hmm. these I'm not gonna say it's soft, but the way you know how they space the floor, it's right. more shooting. It's not, you know, it's more driving and kicking as well yeah, too. Yeah, it's a lot. It, there's, I think it's a lot more cardio, and that's my. I told you I had a take on this. Um, I think if they're to do, we've been people have been talking about. Oh, he's shorten the schedule. Do that. Get rid of the back to backs. Um, my favorite sport other than basketball, I'm a big soccer fan. Mm-hmm. So one of the reasons I love soccer, it's a 10 month season. You start in August and you go all the way to June. Mm-hmm. So you really only have a two month off season. It's a 10 month long season. Um, I think what basketball needs to do is extend the season out another two months. So mm-hmm. we start in October now and you go to June Start in, say, August. Still do the summer league and stuff and all that. Um, just extend the season out. Get rid of the back-to-backs to where teams are only playing two, three games a week. You, The NBA has already done a brilliant job of keeping people interested in their offseason. You just took another two months out of your offseason where people aren't going to be talking about you. And that's another thing about soccer when that season ends in the end of May, beginning of June, uh, every couple years you have a World Cup or a European Championship that takes up the entire month of June, and then July you have preseason tournaments, and you're back into the swing of, of you know things again, and you have it's there's no real to, stop. Well, to get rid of back to backs, you know that does sound like a decent idea, but I you know, I say that, that I, th- I feel I like with that reason that will solution. make. Low management be more, you know that that will make load management you know stand stand more you know for 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 how people look at it now just because if the season never ends you only got you know a month yeah. two weeks to a month you know to chill until another season starts you know then people are really going to be low management you have role players well that's not low management that's for playoff teams you're only going to be going into June, um. And I would think if the, again if the season if the games are extended out, you're playing, you know, rather than playing five games mm-hmm. in a matter of seven days or four I games think, in a matter of seven days, you have more recovery days I in think, there rather than I'm saying 
I'm not saying it's a perfect solution, mm-hmm. but I would rather see that than guys saying, oh, well, if they only play, you know, if, if rather than having an 82 game season and guys are only playing 60 games, let's just shorten the season to 60 games. I don't think that's a solution. I think you're going to have see guys playing 40 games then. Mm-hmm. And rather, if you have an extent, extend out the season a little more. I think you're still I don't think you're going to be able to eliminate it completely unless you say um, we're going to have a doctor inspect you. And if you can physically go out on the basketball court, you are under contract to play this basketball game. I I don't think you're going to eliminate it. I think if any change should be made, you know, to help the players benefit, you know, for their bodies and stamina, things of those, just change the playoff structure, bring it down to three games, make it the top, you know, 10 to 15 teams instead of just. The best eight player, I mean eight teams on this conference, and the other, you know, bring it down to ten teams, and we play in three games. Best two out of three, mm-hmm. and I, I think that'll be better as well too. You know, if you want changing the playoff structure, changing the playoff structure. I mean, they've been talking about that, you know, for the past couple of years. You know, just you know. So what you would you would say less teams make the playoffs then? Less teams also? make the playoffs, like the best ten fifteen teams. Like how would that structure out? Like in a standing, you feel yeah, me? Yeah, I would. Say, it would be twelve. Well, I would think say get rid of like the seven and eight seed in both conferences, so then don't even make it a conference thing. Well, I mean, it's... make it between all thirty teams, right? But I was okay. So you eliminate conferences, you eliminate the bottom four teams. So then, what's that? Eight and eight, sixteen. So then you would have twelve teams making the playoffs. Twelve teams being... making the playoffs. Okay. The best twelve teams. <laughs> I love how quickly we can do math yeah, between the, the both best, of us. <laughs> the best twelve teams in the league, and they just you know they play. The best two out of three, instead of making it, you know. Would you keep, it would be three games throughout the whole playoffs, or would you do? three? Yeah, so each round is three games, like, to determine who goes on to the next round. I would still think at at Or would you do one and done? Would you do a one and done like college? I would think maybe at the beginning do, like, a one and done thing. Because if you do one and done, then your theory as far as shortening the season can be a thing as well, too. I mean, elongating the season Mm -hmm. can be a thing as well, too, if you just do a one and done. I think at the beginning of the playoffs, it would be. I think ultimately, I think the final should still be decided in a seven game series. Even if you do it something like the first round's three games, the second mm-hmm. round's five games. Because baseball does that, where the first round is a five game series, and then the next two rounds in, are the division uh, series and the World Series is a seven game series. So I let, and the NBA did that. I, I'm not sure i don't think i was even old enough for there to be the five game series in the nba Mm -hmm. um but that would be something i think also to uh, play the uh uh get rid of yeah shorten the playoffs and just get rid of some of the games that these guys are playing because um it's obviously i don't think for the fans right now it's not it's not fun for them to you said go to if you're buy if you're a Charlotte Hornets fan mm-hmm. and you're buying a ticket at the beginning of the season and the Lakers are coming to town and oh no LeBron James is on load management well that looks like I'm not gonna be able to see LeBron James yeah and like, I think that's where the bummer part of it comes in like right. if you're that fan from I get an it opposing I, team I definitely get it it's it's not a fun thing. And then to the biggest thing they say is the resell value. If LeBron, if you have to sell that ticket, then um, you're most likely not going to get as much for it. If oh. LeBron James is, I'm going to have to go to the game. Like, right. I'm gonna, you know, 
I'm gonna have to see KCP start. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm gonna have to. But at the same time, I just think you know, low management for some players are is a load of crap. Like for me, I don't think Kawhi should be low management. I'm not sure. Like, see, like you spent again, the whole season know. off. You if, spent the whole almost season, two seasons off. Right. You came. You you came to Toronto. You did your thing. Something well, lingered. Well, I look at I look at a guy like Brandon. Could, would Brandon Roy possibly have extended his career a little if load no. management had been? You don't think no, so? No, that no. was just a freak injury at the yeah. wrong time. No. So, I guess if that's your argument, then because I think there are certain like I think if Derek like Rose, like I, if Derrick Rose had not been playing a bajillion minutes under Thibodeau in Chicago and been even after the injury load managed and then brought back to full strength. I'm not saying it's necessarily like you said, Kawhi, get off the load management. Now, at this now point. if you're now if you're blow and if you're a good team and you're mm-hmm. blowing out teams and right, you don't play the fourth quarter. That's the thing. Like that's that's that's, that's great. That's what but if you're not playing the management. whole game because you just figure, you know, um, you know, uh, I'm going to be tired the next game when I play, right. you know, the Lakers and we go play the Timberwolves. Well, and I don't, I don't even think it's they're going to be tired. It's, well, yes, you're going to be tired, but you're going to be more susceptible to injury. Mm-hmm. It's in red when you're playing tired, you you don't. You're not at the top of your game. You don't, you know, you do certain things. You compensate in certain ways. So. I understand it from the player's perspective, too, to where if Kawhi is like, oh, my knee is somewhat compromised and, you know, I can only play two games a week. I can only play three games a week. And I would and I'm an NBA team. I'm going to take Kawhi Leonard those two to three games a week and sit him the rest rather than say, screw the fans. And I can understand and say the- Clippers fans or Raptors. You yeah. know, do you think Raptors fans really care that what Kawhi Leonard only played like 60 or so games in the regular season last year? No, I mean, cause no, they won it all. They won it all. But just think, all right. So hypothetically speaking, if you a team and you got really good players and you love management and you don't even go to the playoffs. Right, that's I. That's the problem now that we're seeing. You know what I'm saying, they, like, um, Blake Griffin and Derrick Rose for our Pistons are being load managed now. De- again, Derrick Rose, I think, should probably with his injury history. I still, my heart goes into my throat every time Derrick Rose gets the ball because I think it's going to be the last time he drives the lane because his knee is going to finally give out for good. Um, Blake Griffin. Yeah, I would say for, if you want to load manage for the first, but the, but first the month don't or have so the type of the season, team to where you can, to where you can, I'm saying if you're, if it comes between, we need to moderate Blake and Derek's minutes, or we'll lose them for the rest of the season. You do that, but if you're just doing it because, no, I I I'm nervous about an injury or you know, if you're fully mm-hmm. held if you're recover like I said, Blake's still recovering from an injury. Derrick Rose has a lingering long, hamstring long injury history. Long history of injuries. So I understand those guys being load managed a little bit. Um why isn't LeBron being load managed? Isn't? Yeah, he's not being load managed. I mean, I think that's because he hasn't played basketball since what? Or you know he didn't make a playoff last year and he's played for a long. I'm saying Kawhi had for a long Kawhi time. had two months off. Yeah, I don't I don't like it. I'm not necessarily yeah. saying no. I don't I'm like, nobody. No, I don't think anybody likes load management. Um, I don't. It's just there's there's a happy medium that I think you can find that obviously we know a lot more about 
injuries mm-hmm. and how guys recover from them now. Yeah. And you shouldn't With all just... the technology right, and new exactly. and stuff like um, that. And different ways to take care of your body. Right. And that should be all taken into account. At the same time, the fans need to be taken into account, too, because if people stop buying tickets, you're going to... Eventually, what's going to happen is the smaller market teams are going to have such low ticket sales because guys are getting load managed and not playing mm-hmm. in those games that you're going to see teams go under or run very poorly because they need to make a profit and you know they're not having and honestly not the doing only teams well. that are load managing are the teams that are kind of projected to make the finals and you know, be those last couple teams at the end. So I don't. That's why I don't think low management is a thing. It's just a way for the best teams to protect their players. And I don't really like. I mean, I do like it to a fault. I mean, if you do have an injury, you know that lingers. You know what I'm saying? Like Derrick Rose and his supposedly hamstring and right. Kawhi and you know his his a- knee. Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis has a lingering shoulder injury. Like I right. brought up, he's right. not low management. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. I just think that. You know, Kawhi kind of changed the narrative when he switched up on the Spurs, and that set a bad example for, you know, for the initiative to push with load management. You know what I'm saying? But I, uh, Yeah, we'll see. Um, I think I think something's coming I'm soon. not mad at it, though. You know what I'm saying? But, I, no, if, but if I'm not a opposing if, team, like you said, if I'm not if I'm a if I'm a home team, I don't care if I'm a home. If I'm that's why that's right, why I brought I'm, up being being a you know at, going to the Stable Center. You know what I'm saying? If I go to the Stable Center, I want to sit front row. I don't care who they playing. I'm gonna pay a grip for that ticket. I want to see the best players play. Right. right. I don't. Exactly. I don't want to hear that Kawhi's not playing because this is a back to back game. He just flew home from Miami and last night. I don't care about none of that. I just well, paid fifteen hundred dollars. Speaking of flying home from Miami, there's uh somebody did a study that shows um James Harden. You can sort of guess and track James Harden's performances based on the quality of strip clubs in that NBA city. <laughs> and then you the, the, no, no, seriously, <laughs> he did all he looked back at like for the past seven years of him being in Houston and the higher quality um, cities with strip the strip clubs. Club, the worst he was his going performance. Crazy. No, the worst his performance. Oh, worst his performance. Yeah, and it's at the end there were three facts and the fr- one was his worst performance was in the city Miami with has the highest rated strip clubs mm. um he had his worst performance there Toronto has the lowest rated strip clubs he had his best performance there mm-hmm. and Utah has the third highest rated strip clubs of Utah. all of all NBA cities Utah you I was just, we might have to make a trip to Salt Lake City <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah um what about Atlanta? What did you, did you? I see? don't. I didn't see Atlanta. Oh, you, they didn't great. have like like it just was, each they, city. He, he didn't have them ranked. No, he I'm didn't screaming. have that ranked. But yeah, so uh, yeah, James. If you want to stop James Harden, and then look at James Harden taking taking thirty forty shots a night, averaging two points from forty, one point from forty points per game. He's not load management. You feel me? <laughs> I, I think some people. He, might sh- he definitely he should. should be. If you he want somebody to load manage. Let that be James Harden. Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't. I think there's gonna be something done eventually, whether it's this year or within the next few years, to just make sure it makes the NBA wants their stars on the floor. That's all they want is they want their stars on the floor, and they're gonna work with the players somehow to try and make that happen. 
Um, let's take it back to uh, more of the actual teams. Uh, the Celtics and the Lakers are they? It's it's like it's the eighties, or I mean, really, just the rest of NBA history. They're at the top of their respective conferences again. Um, both teams are really playing. You know, seem to have really good chemistry. We have some really solid teams. Mm-hmm. Um, Young players playing playing well. Yeah, for the Celtics, Tatum and Brown playing right. really well. Right, and that's uh, you've got Jason Tatum, twenty points, seven rebounds, two assists, and a steal. Um, Jalen Brown basically averaging the same numbers. Plus, you've got Kemba, twenty four, five and five with a steal. Mm-hmm. Um, Gordon Hayward before the injury was playing really well as well. Right, too. and that's one thing I want to ask: Can they sort of without Al Hor? I think Al Horford is sort of the bigger loss uh, in people's... Yeah. Uh, and really, if they still had Al Horford this year, it would be like, okay, yeah, the Celtics are probably going to uh, make the finals this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but now they don't really have that front court depth. They don't have that stopper in the middle that mm-hmm. Al Horford was for them. Um so do they need to make a move? Do they need to? What do they? What the do the Celtics, Celtics need to do to stay at the top? Because I, I personally think that Philly is gonna overtake them eventually. For sure. Because I, uh, Philly late, or Milwaukee. Uh, I would say I uh, Philly over Philly Milwaukee. or Milwaukee. No, I'm no. Oh, for, for me, okay, I, I have one of those two teams. You know, yeah, uh, you know, ending with that number one seed. Um. Yeah. Definitely. Obviously, Milwaukee. They have you know Giannis and the rain, the reigning MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's, I don't, it's going to be tough for them to go up against, especially in the Sixers in the final or in the East finals. I don't think even, even if they get the number one seed, I don't think they have, I I think Joel Embiid and Al Horford are going to eat them alive in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, in the East in general, I think it's going to come down to those three teams, Celtics, um, Philly and Milwaukee. If I just had to think about one team out of those three, I would say Philly because I think they're more hungry than each team. Ben um, Simmons can make threes now. I mean, yeah, he's definitely been working on those three pointers over the summer. Um, he even hit one. I believe it was in the preseason or in this season as well. Too. He won. He won it in the regular season. Yeah. It was in the regular season. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. So well, he, he had one in the preseason. He definitely knocked one down. But I just believe that you know they kind of wanted more out of those two teams right now. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, but if we want to talk about rivalries, man, I, I, I think it'll be Celtics and Philly in the East. I think it's going to be more, you know, rivals between conferences. Uh, conferences, you know, what I'm saying with the Lakers and the Clippers, and yep. now with you know Philly and Boston. Boston not being no slouch, um, they are a little suspect, you know, down low. They don't really have anybody to. I mean, they got Cantor, but other than that, they don't really have a strong defensive nah, presence, yeah. a strong overall offensive presence. I mean, Cantor definitely can. Put put the ball in the hole, but as far as like opening up the floor you can't with threes, switch on to anybody, switch on to anybody. Like Al Horford could yeah. uh, uh, pass the ball like Al Horford can as well too. So Al Horford definitely, you know, really opens up that offense. Now you got him to open up that offense for Philly, so that's why I think that Philly's definitely gonna have a more better advantage. You know, they kind of um a bit a bit complete with that starting five. Um, um their benches and then the uh to sneeze at rather. And I, like I said, I just think they're more hungry, you know, losing the way they did to Toronto. Even though Milwaukee was in the Easter Conference Finals, I feel like with the, you know, a couple of players that they did lose, like Malcolm Brogdon and Miritich. They, they and don't have the depth that they They did. don't have the depth in the, in the, in the shooting that they did 
uh, like last season. If I um, see if I was if I was Milwaukee, I would have kept Malcolm Brogdon over Chris Middleton. Uh, no, I would have found a way to keep Malcolm Brogdon and get Eric Bledsoe up out of there. Mm. If I was Milwaukee, That's, I think they read up Eric Bledsoe, gave him a couple more years on his deal. Um, I don't think yeah. that was a smart move. I think you should have went ahead and trusted in Malcolm Brogdon. He was your rookie of the year. Uh, when right. you draft him as he well, he could have played the point, you know. Definitely yeah. could have. I mean, like he's doing for Indiana. You know, he yeah. got Indiana over 500 right now yeah, with the injuries definitely. that they have, and he's you know playing like an all star in my opinion. Uh, I think he's leading the league in assists, if I'm not no, mistaken. No, I thought LeBron was. LeBron's Le- averaging like 11 assists a game. Okay, or Michael <laughs> Brogdon is is, yeah, is is top something in assists right now. Okay. Um. But yeah, I do you think M- Milwaukee then with. Maybe them not having that depth. Do you think they could? We were talking about possible uh, D'Lo trades. Do you think mm-hmm. they could be a possible uh, destination for? Well, D'Angelo I think Milwaukee Russell? need. Uh, as far as D'Angelo Russell and you know what the Warriors plan on doing with uh, with him in general, um, I think it's a good thing that you know he gets to you know uh, step into that starting point guard role and kind of just play all season. Even though they're gonna have a down year. Um, I'm I'm very interested to see what the Warriors do. I'm not really sure if I'm not going to say that they are going to trade him definitely, because I really think that they want to see what they can do all together with him, Steph and Clay and Draymond. I think they really want to see that before they just you know ship him for completely blow it up. Yeah, just well not even blow it up, but just ship him out. You know, obviously they they're going to get a you know top five to top ten pick um, after this season is over with with the way that they're headed. Right now, you know, being the worst team in the league, um, you know, so but I'm not I'm not really sure if the if if the Warriors actually trade him, but if they were to trade him, um, a couple of places I would like D'Lo um, to go, um, our you know our very own Pistons for sure. We were talking about that uh, possibly getting like, Blake up on out of here. I like if him the in Minnesota. Go well, yeah. That I think that one's probably the most likely right now because. Mm-hmm. Um, him, Devin Booker, and Cat, they're like the three musketeers, right? Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. I know because I know Booker and Cat are boys, but then I, I couldn't remember who the third in that was. Or, and they've all what said, is Cat? Uh, uh, Carl Anthony? No, he just he just read up. Yeah, he did. That's why they he just read shipped up. Jimmy Butler out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I th- I think because um, I don't remember which one of those three said they will play together at some point mm-hmm. on an NBA team. So I think that that's another likely one. Um. Yeah, I think our our Pistons would be a good spot for him, uh, especially right now with how the Pistons are structured. Mm-hmm. Um, if the season doesn't go well, and that's that's the one thing you said. If the season I do, doesn't, I, go I would well, like him in Milwaukee. Give them another another shooter. Shooter, yeah. Prob- probably can you know uh, uh, ship Eric Bledsoe and his contract out and some other pieces um, for D'Lo as well too. Yeah, um, you know. So it it'd be interesting to see what what team comes out the East. Um, Celtics do, do have a good chance, but I think they have probably the second best chance or the third best chance out of those three: um, the uh, Philly, uh, Milwaukee, and and the Celtics. Because, like I said, you know, just down there, they're a little suspect, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. They have they have good guard depth, um, you know, in their starting lineup. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. All right, let's go out west. Um, Lakers sitting at the top right now. Um, they said they're the. I think. They're my finals pick right now. I just think LeBron is going to ha- absolutely carry them um, because he, I say he's had so much time to rest. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look right now, 24, 11 assists, 7 rebounds, a steal for LeBron. Monster. 
Uh, Monster AD, stats. AD is averaging 25, 10, 3 assists, 3 blocks, and a steal. And if between those two right now, MVP, which you only can pick one of those two for MVP right now, which which one is it? LeBron. LeBron? LeBron. Okay. The, you know, the way how his season ended last year, you know, uh, and how he came back this year, and him being 36 as well, too, and the things that he is doing, um, he definitely is probably the MVP favorite right now overall, just in my opinion. And right behind him should definitely be AD. Um, who's some other good MVP candidates in your opinion? Luka. Luka Donich. Yeah. He's uh, making a strong case. Yeah. He's, very, just, he's making a strong case. James um, Harden is in there as well, too, just because he's James Harden in a right. way. You know, he carries the Houston Rockets. They're at 10 3 right now. You know, you can't deny, you know, the winning record, you know, no you know, no matter how many how many times he chucks up the ball, which I don't like very much. Uh, but they're winning, so you can't really say nothing about it, you know. Right. right. Um, but yeah, I think especially in if in terms of premier candidates, it's I think it's LeBron and A D right now. If you if you if one of those guys don't get it, I yeah. Like I said, what about Giannis? Um over LeBron or AD, I, I don't have his numbers in front of me right now to look I mean, at. No, he's definitely averaging something special for sure. Uh, um, oh, yeah, he is averaging 30 but points. Just, <laughs> you know, thinking about some Dark Horse candidates, definitely, you know, like G, uh, Giannis, maybe even mm-hmm. Kawhi as well, too, the way he stepped in for the Clippers. Yep. You know, but I just think that Loge, man, and McCrab is going to, you know, uh, That's keep gonna, Kawhi away from winning the, in, you know, in MVP, any individual awards. Something like he'll that. He'll be all NBA and all defense and stuff. I don't think unless, unless he plays – Upwards of 70 games. Um, oh, yeah. Giannis is averaging 30, 14, 6 right now. Yeah. Okay. MVP okay. type numbers, okay. you know. And, you know, they're definitely, you know, at the top word part of the East. So, yeah. You know, he's, he, he's right there as well, too. So, so the MVP race is going to be fun this year. I would say it's down to the standings then right now because um, generally MVP has gone to best player on best team. So, mm-hmm. if, you know – Stuff continues that this way, and Milwaukee's what third in the East, and the Lakers are at the top. Mm-hmm. Give it to LeBron. So obviously, so far this season, you know, um, in the definitely in the West, um, the Lakers and the Clippers, you know, obviously are you know the best two teams possibly to come out. Uh, who who do you think will be able to knock them off? Knock them off? Yeah, either one of those two. Well, I mean, you, I, I'm still, I've, I've removed Utah from my conference finals pick. Obviously, they can knock them off. I, they're a team with how they're structured. Um, Rudy Gobert's mm-hmm. a stud inside, and you know, has said that he doesn't like how they're using him offensively, even. Um, and then Mike Conley hasn't really gotten off to the best start. I think once he gets back on track, uh, and obviously Donovan Mitchell is a very good player. Um. So they, and especially, uh, you know, defensively, you you ask me what's a what's a good NBA player, a two two way efficient player. Um, they have a lot of those. They've been, you know, in terms of ball movement, three point shooting, and defense. They've been at the top of the league the past few seasons in terms of that. I think those are the three most important things in regards to winning in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, so then Utah, um, Denver, obviously. Uh, you know, just with how the Joker's been playing, there's another, I guess, MVP candidate. He's not really averaging the gaudy numbers he was mm-hmm. last year, but in terms of, you said winning, um, it winning's the important part. And I said still 17, uh, nine, six, a steal, 
well, half a block. That's still for a center. Averaging, you know, six assists. Almost that's, a triple-double. Yeah, you know, he's a triple. He's a threat for it every night, yeah. of course. Um, so, yeah, right now, I would, looking at the standings, I don't think there's other than, I, don't, I wouldn't put, I wouldn't even put Houston in that category because I don't think it's sustainable. Mm. You said yeah, James Harden's averaging 38 points right now. Um, when Jordan was averaging, like, 38 points a game, that was when he wasn't winning titles and people were saying that he's a ball hog right. and you can't win this way. Right. And when he got Pippen and could start trusting his teammates and did all that and, you know, took a little bit of the load off of himself, he was able to do that. And that was sort of the theory that, okay, Russ can kind of do that now, but I don't really get that theory where he's had – Dwight Howard, he's had, you know, Chris Paul, he's had... Melo. Yeah, he's had people next to him to... I don't think he wants to give up the load. He wants to... take Put it all on his shoulders. Right, he wants so. to take 40 shots a game and, you know, be super inefficient and all that. And it's like, it's not going to win, and you're not going to win like that. I don't think he wants to be super inefficient. I think he's a, just a very intense competitor and wants the ball in his hands. But I just, I don't think it's, again, I don't think it's sustainable. We're I don't think clearly, it's sustainable either, but, you know. Well, the joke is, what you know, how do you stop James Harden? No, you sustainable don't need, in the playoffs. Right, you don't, need, you don't need to stop him. The playoffs will stop him itself. It's like he's just going to run out of gas eventually, and, you know, it's going to be in the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, I would say unless, you know, Russ starts doing his triple-double madness again where he can take some of the load and Eric Gordon comes back and, you know, is able. That's the if, – if James Harden can be efficient, even if he's not averaging 38 points a game, if he's averaging, you know, God forbid, 30 points a game, you know, only. Right. Um, and maybe, you know – 12 assists if russ is if the, him and russ could average double digit assists mm. both that would be incredible it would and that's the type of thing that because nobody there's not a better point guard in the league at driving the lane than russell westbrook mm -hmm. i don't think you you know at least one more intimidating definitely than, at going to the hall <laughs> right right Probably you know you could argue league. steph as or kyrie have a little more finesse but in terms of kyrie's a better finisher Right, I'm not. I'm not going to be scared if I see Kyrie or Steph. Kyrie is probably the one of the best me. finishers of all time. Right, I mean, definitely. Like but I'm not afraid that they're going to dunk on me. Like Russ is going to like rise up, dunk on you, bang in your face, and, and let you know about it too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so to me, that opens up opportunities for Eric Gordon. You know, um, James Harden other shooters on that team yeah to so you think the offense should be moved through russell westbrook is what you're saying i think he should have his yeah he should have the ball, ball in his, his hands, hands more, more than james harden not more not necessarily not even necessarily more than james harden just more james harden should have the ball in his hand less than he does just to take some of the burden off of him mm -hmm. and i don't think it's it's i know we all know he's capable of doing it and it's he doesn't you know how many what was you know last season he had that stretch of games where he scored thirty points okay what was the point of that 
it's a really cool individual stat, but it didn't get you anything. Right. You know, yeah, you did get a bunch of regular season wins, but you tired yourself out for the playoffs. Yeah. And you were, you're not effective. And so why not, you know, we're talking about load management, you know, that's the thing. I think players can still play and almost, again, load manage themselves into, you know, and do that themselves rather than just sitting out the full game. No, why don't you not have, you know, a record high usage percentage and maybe defer a little more? Right. So, um, you say, let's talk about a couple surprises. Um, I said the one you you had, the first thing I said when you said I said surprises where you got the Miami Heat on there and I said yeah yeah we got yeah, Kendrick Nunn specifically uh, a rookie you know a legitimate rookie of the year candidate if he keeps this up mm-hmm. you know eighteen points three assists two rebounds and a steal um, our very own Oakland University alumni transfer from Illinois yeah. I remember Kendrick Nunn's name man for back yeah. in the day for sure so um, we definitely like that and Miami's just been playing well I yeah when... I like how Jimmy Butler's been playing oh and you... I'm not saying that you know because I watched a couple games and I'm not gonna say that he is uh, you know falling back you know and deferring to his teammates but he's doing a great job of just it's, leading oh that my team. Gosh, that system is so perfect for him. When when we went when he went there, it was kind of like okay, hard-working blue-collar, you know, lunch pail guy, you know, play me my minutes, give me my touches and I'm going to you know, give you my all. I'm going to give you 110% and a perfect organization to fall into mm-hmm. and go to. Um I think the biggest thing for the Heat is to sustaining it. Just yeah, being consistent. And the biggest thing, I don't know if they need to make a move to sustain it. Right, because, with the way Kendrick Nunn's been playing, you know, there, there was the, the whispers about bringing Chris Paul over, right? And I'm stuff not, like that. Does I'm it, not necessarily sure if that's does a, it sweeten the deal for OKC to okay, so we'll take on Kendrick Nunn and right, you know, as a young player, but if we you can't have Tyler Hero. Do you necessarily want to move him? Exactly. If you're um, the Heat, I think you you know, I think somebody said they could arguably have the best guard depth, you know, with Dragic. Kendrick Nunn, Tyler Hero. Probably so, Jimmy um, Butler. Yeah, Jimmy Butler. Um, I would be more inclined to move Dragic before I moved either of the young guys just yes. because they're the yes. young guys and he's a vet. And you, even though he's inspiring play, contract. He, yeah, he's playing very well this season. Definitely so playing well. It's still to get sell high on him, get some value from him. Um, I'm not. You said the the biggest thing is they're suspect in the middle. Bam Adebayo is not your typical, you know. They haven't been looking suspect though. I remember when I did say that a couple weeks ago, but they haven't been looking suspect though. You know, everybody's been playing up to par. Myers Leonard. Bam so did, you, did you see Myers the LeBron sort of you know shove off Myers Leonard? Yeah, that, yeah, that was crazy. That. It was pretty. Funny. Yeah, what kind uh, of protein shakes is LeBron uh, drinking? And Myers man? Leonard just kind of looked God. like okay. I I definitely was not <laughs> getting in front of. Like that. he was waiting, like he tried to play it off, and he was waiting for a foul, but you really just got manhandled out right, the way. Right, and it's like, oh <laughs> man. Um, it's I saw I did I saw another picture of LeBron in high school, and it's like. Man, imagine having to guard LeBron James in high school after like a game, Nasty. after failing your algebra test. Imagine like, be imagine coming out for warm ups and you in high school and you know that you plot to play LeBron. Just 
and you just see him in layup line. You know what right. I'm saying? I'm, I'm I'm automatically like I'm not checking I'm scared, that guy. Yeah, I'm not checking that guy. It's uh, I I could not imagine that bit. I could imagine playing football scared or even hockey scared. Any sport. Like, uh, most contact sports scared. Definitely football. I've, I, you know, I've done, you know, gone to runs with you at, you know, Lifetime Fitness and stuff. And it's like, I'm yeah. not, I, I know the guys there are better than me, but I'm not scared of them. Yeah. I'm not scared yeah. I'm going to get, like. If LeBron came in, you'd be like, I'm not. I'm not playing. I'm not. No, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Like, uh, yeah. So, um, I just. Uh, another surprise for me, the the Phoenix Suns been playing really well. Woo! Finally, yeah. I mean, Monty been, Williams. That's yeah, what it is. Yeah, they've Monty really, Williams really came well, in, really, really got well them playing. You know, you know something. That's, I was watching the Phoenix game. I said, I said, man, they're really trying hard on D. They're really playing good yeah. D. Found out they 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 commit the most fouls per game in the league. That's just because their defensive intensity. I mean, I can imagine being Monty Williams coming and be like, I don't care what we have to do to play some defense. Right. I, don't I don't care, care. if we have to lead the yeah. league in yeah. fouls. We're playing defense. Aaron this year. Baines, legit most improved player candidate. Yeah. Like 50, one of them for yeah, sure. Like 15 points, almost like eight rebounds or something. And he's shooting threes now. Like we love the meat. Consistently. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think they, uh, another thing, Ricky, uh, I saw somebody, is this the Ricky Rubio that, Minnesota thought they were drafting. I think like, so. They got it. I like, think so. Ooh. I think so. Because Ricky's Ricky's been in his prime for the past couple seasons now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's exactly at thirty or twenty nine. So he's definitely coming into his own as a ball player. He definitely know knows what type of player he is. What he what he uh, needs to bring to a team. Right. Right. Six assists or no eight is eight assists. Whew. Six rebounds. Um, almost nine assists actually. Uh. And that's I think that he pro he leads them on defense. He's like he's the guy that's gonna be. Yeah, he's definitely a harasser for sure. Right, he's seen him throughout the league. You know, just harassing different you know point guards, bringing up the ball. And that's the biggest thing. Effort. He's an effort player. Effort player. You know, he puts yeah. in, and that's the biggest thing on defense. And like you said, they. Uh, I'm sure that's what Monty Williams said. I don't care what we have to do. You guys need to put in more effort on the defensive end. Yeah. I don't care if a couple of you guys foul out of a couple games early on. We're going to get better on defense. Yeah. And you guys are, by putting in the effort on defense, you're going to learn how to defend better. Right. And we're, those fouls are going to go down. I'm sure you said they're leading the league in fouls right now. Yeah, uh, they're at the top. I'd be, the top I'd be curious sure. to look at, you know, take – Maybe by the All Star break, they they'll still probably you know they might lead the league in fouls by the end yeah. of the league. But take just the second half of the season and see if they improve. If they improved, yeah, because mm-hmm. I think that's it's, something we could look out for. for yeah, sure. definitely. Um, what? Well, so let's go the other way. Golden State is two and eleven. Yeah, dead last in the yeah, West. Yeah, we was missing dead that last. earlier. Um, I mean, like, if I'm a Warriors fan, I'm happy. Just because, well, not necessarily happy, but not I, with I this think season, but happy with you're, you're optimistic, very optimistic for sure. You're definitely about to get a lottery pick. Yes, Poss- probably like top five, probably top five, possibly for sure. top one. <laughs> if you plan on keeping D'Angelo Russell, this is just better for him to integrate himself more on the team. Mm-hmm. You know, define what type of Go role he has. And, you know, the young players that they do decide to keep and carry on to next season. More development, more time playing for them as well, too. Definitely. 
Uh, so I so I think this will benefit the Warriors, you know, for next season for sure. So I'm not really, you know, I mean, especially with the injuries that they do have. Uh, right. uh, uh, now with Steph with this broken hand, Clay Thompson was already going to be out possibly for the whole season as well too. Well, Steve Kerr saying like, yeah, he's – He's out for the season. He, yeah, we're not expecting him to play. Definitely. At all I mean, season. I didn't really have them, you know, uh, that high in the West if they were going to make the playoffs in I general. Didn't think they were going to be this just, bad. Though. Well, not even that. We I mean, I, I just we didn't knew, know Steph was going to be hurt. Just seeing but, the team on paper, I didn't see any lineups that could match up well with certain teams. Right. You know, I got a lot of young players that don't really know their roles, don't really know the NBA game and the nuances, things of those natures. Um, but you do got some nice surprises with Pascal playing really well for Definitely. them. Uh, 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 development on pool as well, too, the draft pick. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, you said the biggest thing uh, next year, getting Clay back, uh, that top, that lottery pick hopefully turns out to be, you know, you're hoping that's like, especially now, you know, Steph is 31, 32. Yeah. Um, you're hoping that play that the player you draft this year is like your next fran you know franchise cornerstone. I'm thinking, man, yeah, yeah, you would almost, definitely think almost. that as well for sure. Or they trade in for somebody to continuously to keep winning for the next right, right. four to five possible six seasons. And I guess as if, well too. if that's if you plan on keep uh, plan on getting rid of D'Lo, D'Lo could be that next. Yeah, you next could definitely guy. use him as a trade chip if you don't really like. You know, uh, uh, the way to, uh, if you don't really find a good way to integrate, you know, him with Stefan. Well, hang on. Could you ever see, like, let's just say it goes completely down the drain. Would they possibly trade Steph and keep D-Lo? And just no. You, you don't nah. think that would ever happen? Nah. They wouldn't, they wouldn't <laughs> trade the splash. They would have traded one of them just to keep KD, in my opinion. True. Yeah. I mean, they didn't, essentially. If yeah. They, they they tried they to break up the Splash Brothers before Kevin Love went to meet, uh, uh, the Cavaliers. That's true. The they rumor were... was Clay Thompson for Kevin Love. So just think how that ner- would have Yeah, went. they were nervous about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then uh, one one last one last surprise. Uh, the t- the <laughs> I, I, I think this is the first time ever that we have to say it's surprising that the reigning champions are playing so well. Um, but considering the reigning champions lost Kawhi Leonard, um, I think the fact that the Raptors are eight and four, fourth in the East right now. Yeah. Um, Spicy P. Pascal Siakam is averaging twenty six nine and four. I mean, well, honestly, um, I'm not that much surprised with the Raptors just because the only player that they lost was Kawhi, even though he yeah. was their well, best player. And Danny play- Green. And Danny Green, even though Kawhi was their best player, they still have everything intact. They have good mm-hmm. guard depth. I have Pascal, who's playing like an all-star this season, averaging you know over twenty-five points per game. Well, it's I think close to ten rebounds. Even like fourth in the West, right? If they were you know say eighth, ninth, fighting for a playoff spot, I think that would be. I think that's kind of where people expected them to be because they all the East. I mean, because remember when the Cavs lost LeBron and you know that whole team when they lost in the finals, garbage. Yeah, like you already knew what type of team that they were going to have. Um. But I, I don't think fourth in the West was, and again, Siakam taking this next step. Again, it's it, it's clear he's taking another another big step. step. Yeah, and he that's can, what you like to see from players right, too. right. Um, so yeah, I I think they're they're a big surprise this year. Um, I'd be really curious to see if they, um, especially with the playoff picture out east. Um, 
you don't really know what I it's it's hard right now because at the West you kind of know Lakers, Rockets, Nuggets, Jazz, Clippers, um, probably you know the Mavs, um, and then that's about it. But then you look at the East, you got Celtics, Heat, Bucks, Raptors, Sixers, Pacers, um, Brooklyn. Orlando, Atlanta, Chicago, no, the Pacers Detroit, are, are kind of like, all of those teams could read. There's like where there's like probably six teams that you would say, oh yeah, they're definitely going to make the playoffs in yeah. the West. There's like twelve teams in the East that you could be like, oh yeah, they could make the playoffs. They could make the playoffs, or yeah. they could be you know anywhere between. Like obviously Boston. You said Milwaukee, Miami, Philly, they're probably going to be at the top. But then, but also, if Miami falls off and drops to the eighth seed, I don't think you'd really be surprised. Is the East better than the West this season as far as, like, expectations? No. Like, not knowing, you know, because I feel like oh, I think it's, the, the as, better of not knowing yeah, is better for, being you know, intriguing a fan to perspective. Wa- yeah, being intriguing to watch and what. Yeah, not knowing what's going to happen. Definitely, the East is a lot more up in the air uh, than the West because I say you're kind. Of, it's the the East. The West title is going to go at least the regular. The one seed is going to go to one of the LA teams. Uh-huh. You have no idea in the East. You don't know if it's going to be Philly. You don't know if it's going to be Boston. You don't know if it's going to be Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of know the Warriors are garbage. Um, Pelicans are towards the bottom. Um, and I guess you don't, you only have really the Knicks and the Wizards at the bottom of the East, Mm -hmm. but it's, I just think there's, yeah, there's more, there's more teams in the East that you're just like, oh yeah, they could make a playoff run too. It's not like. Like, you know, that there are teams at the bottom of the West that are like, oh, yeah, they'll make the playoffs, but they'll lose in the first round. Right. But it's like if Miami ends up being a six seed and they play what, like Milwaukee or something, are you really guaranteeing that M- Milwaukee's going to win that series? Yeah, no, it's, it's really up in the but air if for the, sure. But if the Spurs are playing the Jazz in the first round, are you really, really are you picking the Spurs in that series? Yeah, no, I'm picking the Jazz. Yeah, so... Um, I think that yeah, there's definitely more opportunity for parity in the East. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, that's gonna do it here for another episode of Talking Hoops with Moisky and Bird. Um, we're gonna work on getting more of these out to you. Uh, for the rest of the season. Uh, we'll talk to you later. Thank you.